Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bipolar Bits. This is your host, Inhaled. It's been a rough week. To catch you up on the whole manic thing, last week up here in the great Cleveland, Ohio, has been extremely cold, and the wintertime has always, always made me feel very, very down. Like... I know they have that seasonal, seasonal, what the hell is it called? I'm looking it up now because I hate to say something if it's not true. Seasonal defective disorder. Is that what it's called? Seasonal affective disorder, maybe? Um, anyways, set symptom. <laughs> Seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, it's some sort of depression related to change in seasons. I'm not saying I get sad because it's wintertime. I, I like the wintertime, but it definitely, it bums me out that I can't be outside running and, and like working out. And, you know, being from the West Coast, being from Cali, and then being up here, it definitely makes a huge difference. So I know last week... I got, I don't know, I'm, I'm not saying like the weather causes it, I don't really particularly know like the cause, but I slept for like four or five days straight, you know, I'd get up and like get ready for work, go back to sleep until it's time to go to work, get up, you know, get the kids off the bus, get them prepped, get them started on their homework, and then go back to sleep, you know, and luckily for me, you know, being on a later shift during the day, it's like there's not a lot of time where I'm home, you know, for very long and my wife's not home. So it's kind of cool. It works out because if I feel like shit, then she's right there to help out, which is really nice. I want to definitely talk about that later, um, relationships and stuff. But I just want to give you guys an update. You know, this summer was really crazy. I actually went to go stay with my dad who was sick for a little bit. Um, me and my wife, we were having a little bit of problems and I just took some time to go be by myself to help him. Um, not because he was sick, he had gotten over being sick, but, but just to help him around, you know, do some stuff. And it was really crazy. It was a hectic summer. The last couple of years have been just nuts with the business partners, the businesses, everything I've been trying to do, trying to learn how to do managed by myself and it's extremely stressful but oh you can hear that chair that's not for me that's from somebody across the room that wasn't me my chair wasn't squeaking I could make my chair squeak but anyways it's been extremely stressful so now we're back to hopefully creating full-time the job that I have now you know there's no room to do anything there which is you know it's whatever it's a job but I have another gig lined up, which is going to allow me a lot more time to write, which is going to give me more time to be able to record at home. Because lately, when I'm not conked out or messed up or depressed, I'm trying to write my book. I'm trying to finish my book. We have a book coming out about being bipolar and kind of dealing with different elements of everything, of just everyday life and just dealing with that. So we're going to get more content out. 
I know, you know, we're having days in between content. And I know I've been doing a ton of those movie reviews, which I love doing. But I like to keep them short. I like to keep everything short. I don't, I don't script almost anything. I keep some notes. But I don't want it to be, like, super fake. You know, where it's, like, just... I don't know. There's there's that fine line where you want to be original. And the other thing too was I was really interested in recording myself when I am bipolar, like when I am bipolar. I'm always bipolar, but manic when I'm manic because I wanted people to be able to see the difference. The problem is is that like this past week when I'm when I'm down, I don't do anything. I just sleep. Like I, I like I just slept. There wasn't anything to do. I didn't watch TV. I don't play video games. I didn't I read a little bit, but mostly I just slept. And I don't know, it was like four, maybe four and a half days, five days of just sleeping, like extra sleep, which sleep is really good for you. That's something that I definitely missed out on in my early 20s. You know, we'll talk about that later on in the future. But lately, trying to be healthier, I don't try to fight it as much, but but I think there is a limit. You know, after a few days of just sleeping all day, you just start to feel like shit even more from sleeping. And there's a point where, like, your energy's back up, but you still want to sleep. It's really weird. Um, anyways, that's what I was doing the last week or so. I know I put out a couple of those very small movie reviews. And I like to keep, again, I like to keep them short. I don't want to give out spoilers. I don't want to talk about the whole movie and give away everything. And I feel like no matter what you do, it kind of does. But all that aside, what I want to do tonight is a kind of longer podcast uh, episode. What I wanted to talk to tonight about is the last doctor that I went to see who diagnosed me with being bipolar. So... To recap a little bit, if you've reviewed any of my other podcasts, if you've listened to the other ones, I don't know how complete they are. Again, the podcast is a way for me to, to, I guess, kind of vent and I'm using it as therapy, like almost like journalism, journalism, journaling, almost like journaling, but at the same time, you know, maybe it'll help somebody and that's what I'm hoping for. But I also have the book coming out. And it, it, it helps a lot. So to recap though, I'd gone to these, a bunch of doctors. This was like four or five years ago. I'd gone to a bunch of doctors and I had spoken to different ones. Uh, the first one, like I said, you know, was the lady who I spoke to privately, unofficially, behavioral, behavioral, uh, doctor. And she just was like, you know, if you, you've got some, some baggage, if you don't get it sorted, it's going to affect your family. It had already started to, um, because of my depression, I feel like, like, you know, I'm the head of the family, you got to keep things moving. And if you're depressed and bummed out, you can't help anybody. So I knew that, you know, she's the one that put the seed in my head to get help. I came back to Ohio after visiting that friend, those friends out there in Cali, um, attending a, my best friend, like my adopted dad's wedding and, you know, being down there and being able to see her, which was great. So I came back to Ohio and I tried to manage it for like months. You know, I tried something different. 
uh, my own personal therapy. I put all my time into my family, you know, and I, and I was, I'm blessed to be able to do that because I have a very supportive wife and she helps me a lot, like a lot. Like I can't even express that enough. And so when I got back to Ohio, I did that for a while and then the panic attacks started really crazy panic attacks and eventually I was like man maybe I can't deal with this on my own I need I need answers you know instead I tried the ignore it part I tried to ignore it you know like I'm not going to look at it I'm not going to talk about it fuck it I'll be okay I'll just continue on with my life but that doesn't work ignored issues are still issues it's really scary how that works because I know the old school mentality. I know I have friends who I know have issues, but they don't, they just ignore them. They just beat, they just beat on through and trudge through the mud and just continue on with life. And it's, it's crazy because there's no way nobody's happy all the time. And I feel like without having an understanding and acceptance and closure, it's hard to deal with that. So I come back here, I deal with that for a little bit. I try to try to you know, invest myself in, in things that are important to me, but I was having panic attacks, you know, I was still having lots of nightmares, couldn't sleep hardly ever. Um, so yeah, so I dealt with that. I, I ended up going to a doctor. Well, after I ended up attending, um, school for what I wanted to do, and didn't want to do the do that. And again, I think I covered a lot of this. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I need to. I need to go back and review some of my episodes because there's been a, f- a while in between. But after I went to school, jumped out of school, didn't want to do that anymore. Really felt like I failed. You know, tried to kill myself. What a mess that was. Um. And so after that, again, tried to try to do, I, w- I was forced to go see doctors. I get the, so I'd listed in my previous episodes that there was only three or four doctors. I'd forgot that they had forced me to see two other doctors for substance abuse because I was drunk that night. I was actually arrested for being drunk and charged with really horrible stuff. Like I was charged with domestic violence, which there wasn't really domestic violence there. Unless you can call beating yourself up domestic violence or trying to kill yourself. But, but anyways, so I get charged with all that, come out of, you know, go to jail for a couple days and come out of there all fucked up. And, and I was really torqued up because I'd never really tried to kill myself before. And, and that really twisted me up. So they sent me over to review with these first two doctors and they decided that I wasn't an alcoholic, which obviously I wasn't. I'd been drunk like three times that year through the whole year, three times. That's it. And so again, went back to my life trying to do what I wanted to do, not in the sense of what I wanted to do, but like, you know, sort my family, just be there for my family, not focus on anything that I was interested in didn't have any hobbies, didn't do anything. And I just spent all my time with my family, which was really nice. But again, you know, it's okay to pour yourself in other people, but eventually, even if it is your family, you still need time for yourself. And I wasn't, I didn't get any of that because I was trying to avoid myself, which is pretty impossible (laughs) to avoid yourself, right? 
It's like trying to watch your own ass. Let me take a look. So, so I come out and I have podcast episodes about the other doctors, but you know, I was up to three doctors already. Uh, I went to, and I, you know, I'm, I'm using the term doctor loosely. Like some of them were psychologists, some of them were psychiatrists, some of them were counselors, but I'm just calling them doctors because, you know, they're trying to help you. So whatever, I'm just going to call them that. I don't have another name for it. We'll just leave it at that. So I go and see these people and I go sign up again to see another person to get help. You know, the first guy was really kooky. The second girl was like kind of almost seemed at odds with the first guy. And that was really weird. And then, um, as stated in the other podcast, like I had, I'd been diagnosed with PTSD first. And I have to say running around for the first year, trying to say that I didn't have PTSD, like this lady's like, you have PTSD. So no, I don't. I wanted to argue it. I wanted to fight it. I wanted to say, look, I could, I could be stressed out, but that doesn't mean that I have PTSD. Who the fuck wants to acknowledge that they may or not may or may not have PTSD. So I tried to, that's what I was trying to avoid. I was trying to prove to myself that I didn't and, and working, working with my businesses or trying to start a business, multiple businesses at the same time, what a terrible idea, but we'll talk about that later. Trying to start multiple businesses, trying to do all this stuff and avoid it. It, like I said, it didn't work. In fact, it had the opposite effect because I basically became extremely, extremely stressed out which of course just triggered me more, triggered more depression, triggered more problems. It was a mess, man. It was such a mess, like trying to avoid yourself and try to avoid what I was doing or avoid my problems. It just didn't work. So I burned through the first doctor because he's a fucking kook and I'm sorry, try not to be a dick, but I'm, but he was a kook. He was a weirdo. I go to this next broad, she argues about the first guy and and automatically tries to put me on pills, which really bothered me. He had tried to put me on pills, she tried to put me on pills, that really bothered me. And that was just goofy. You know, and so by then I'm up to one, two, three, four, five people that I've seen. And so... Now, again, this was a while ago, and I didn't write any of this down. I wish I would have. I wish I would have kept some sort of journal to be more detailed, but I honestly didn't know that later I'd be doing a podcast about it. I didn't know that this was going to be an interest for me. I didn't know that this might be something. So there I am. I, I, I wanted to prove that I didn't have PTSD and I wanted to, uh, I just, I, you know, I wanted to be normal, man. Like who, who the fuck wants to be told that they're mentally turned, you know, that something might be wrong and I get it. Everybody's got problems, but I want my problem to be that I need a better job or that, you know, I don't know. I'm a little overweight. I'm a little bit depressed. I get it, but not PTSD. I didn't want that. I wanted that stigma to not be me. So my goal was to find a 
person who was a professional who would tell me, hey, man, you don't have PTSD. And so I went to look for a specialist and I found one. Uh, I found this doctor who had worked with a ton of people. Um, soldiers that that's where I went because that's you know that's what I thought I thought those kinds of people have PTSD so vets and I'm not knocking vets or anything but they get it from the trauma they experience overseas I didn't think that and I and I I didn't know that people could get PTSD I, did, I had no idea I'm not a mental health guru I don't read about that stuff I didn't used to I do now but I didn't understand that and it scared the shit out of me. Like I wanted so badly to be normal because I had no interest in, I never wanted to be a person who asked for help, needed help or said, you know, this is what I am. This is what I have going on. This is something that I can't deal with. I didn't want to be that person. I don't think any man and woman, but I'm not a woman, so I can't vouch for them, but I don't think any man you know, who has a family, who has a wife, my fiance at the time, but wants to say, well, uh, I got these problems, man. Like, fuck, I don't care. I don't want to hear about that. You know, I, I idolize people who, who persevere and make it through their problems, who, who seem unstoppable, who go at odds against all things that would defeat the normal person. And, and that's what I believed for myself, you know, I believed that, that that's the way it should be. I, I shouldn't feel this way for no reason. I don't care what happened to me because again, I knew, I know tons of people who have worse lives than me, who are worse off than me and they always look fine, you know, and I get it, you know, on the surface, everybody can put on a facade, whatever. Okay. I accept that now. But, but back then, I really just, I wanted to be normal. I never wanted to be, you know, I didn't want anybody to say that this was this or I was that or, or anything like that. I wanted, you know, fuck, it really, it really bothered me. So, so I go and I track down this doctor. I spend all this time looking for a new doctor. She's like an hour away, but she specialized in PTSD, like vet PTSD soldiers. And to me, it was kind of funny because I had this really fucking ignorant thought that if I found a woman who dealt with it every day, she could tell me that like, Hey man, I know you're not that I deal with these people all day. They have PTSD. You definitely don't have PTSD. So so that's what I wanted. That's what I dealt with. And boom, there, there I am. I'm, I seek this woman out and I make an appointment and I go and see her. Very sweet lady. Very nice. You could, she was, you could tell like she was just different. Um, and I, I feel like there's this weird stigma where we're always going to search for something that we're looking for. Like, like I was looking for somebody to tell me what I wanted to hear. And I think that's a huge thing when it comes to doctors, we all want to go somewhere 
And we don't want people to tell us what we don't want to hear. We just don't. And that was a big deal to me. And I, you know, I could, I could definitely say, Hey, I wanted someone to tell me what I wanted to hear. And I did, I did. I I wanted her to tell me I was okay. Like that, that this other lady was wrong, that maybe I just had some sort of anxiety and maybe, maybe that was it. Like, Oh, you don't have PTSD. You're just an anxiety filled, anxious kid. And that's very normal. You know, I'm overweight. I already know that right now. I'm even a good 30 pounds overweight. Still. I I used to be like a hundred and like 10 pounds overweight right now. I'm down. Like I'm like 30 pounds heavier than I want to be, than I can be at and healthy. And, and I, I'm going to fix that. But, um, so I wanted someone to tell me something. I wanted her to tell me something and I wanted it to be something that I wanted to hear. So of course I was seeking somebody who I believed could cancel me out. So I figured if I go to this lady, she's a pro at this boom, she's going to tell me that I'm wrong, that these other people are wrong. These other doctors were already kind of going at odds with each other. Like one was saying that the other was wrong. The other was saying that that other person was wrong. And it was real fucking weird to me because I'm like, man, you guys are, I don't know. I thought, I thought there'd, it'd be more black and white. You know, I thought there'd be clearer lines in the sand there's not, which is another fucking thought about mental health, but we'll get into that later. So I make this appointment and I go and meet her very nice lady. And we talked, that's it. We just talked. She didn't say anything to me. She didn't like say, Oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. She just asked me tons of questions all the time. So I go and see her and I go and see her again. And same thing. She asks me tons of questions. She learns about my family. She learns, asks me about my parents, asks me about my life, what I've been doing, my wife, who at the time was my fiance. She just asks me questions, man. It was interesting. It was nice to just have, sorry, chair. It was nice to just have somebody listen, I guess, and not sit there and pretend and sit there and try to guess everything that was wrong with me within 20 minutes. I think I went to like four or five sessions, you know, and we just talked and I, I almost felt like I felt comfortable. And if you guys, you know, if you go out looking for a doctor, that's something that you should definitely have. You should feel comfortable with who you're dealing with. You should never feel awkward. You should never feel on the spot. You should never feel like you're being put under a microscope, like some fucking specimen, you know, that's being, dissected. I mean, you are, but, but you shouldn't feel that way. It shouldn't be an awkward experience for you. Right. So, Oh, excuse me. Still a little tired. So I go and I talk to this woman and I don't know, four or five sessions. in. like I said, I know I walked in one day and I, and I just wanted to know, you know, I wanted to know. I wanted the answers, you know, I'd been over there a few times and I was, I'm, I'm already very skeptical of what they do. And I'm very skeptical, skeptical of other people telling you, Hey, you need to do this to fix your life. I've never been, I wasn't before. 
Oh, excuse me. I'm just so freaking beat. I wasn't before very trusting of it. I don't trust, I guess I, I guess I'm like super paranoid anyways. I don't trust people. And that's part of, I think that's part of being like bipolar, but you know, I was, I was kind of like, Hey, I've been up here a few times. What are you thinking now? Now, mind you, I'm expecting to hear this lady say, Hey, you got by you, you have PTSD or you don't. I'm hoping that she tells me you just have extreme anxiety. You don't have PTSD, you know, whatever. And, and she says, she says, I want to talk to you about what I think is going on with you. I said, cool. Tell, hit it, hit me with it. Give me the good news. I'm, I'm cured. I know it's so silly to think that looking back now with my mentality and how I felt, I really, I, I feel s- silly, like silly, silly, you know, like, what are you talking about? Dude? <laughs> You're just looking for somebody. You will go in there thinking that these people can't tell you what you are. And then you go in hoping and praying that this lady is going to tell you something you know, that you didn't already know. Anyways, I go in there and she says to me, she goes, I believe that you are bipolar. Yeah. <sighs> I think, I think if my face could have hit the ground, like my jaw, I think it would have hit the ground because <laughs> here I am, I'm one, two, three, four, five doctors in thinking, Hey, this lady's going to give me some good news. I'm going to tell her what's up. And she's going to tell me it's not true. And she does the whole complete fucking opposite. She throws a giant stick of dynamite into my machine. Just like mind blown. You're not, and you're not anxiety filled. You're not PTSD or you don't have PTSD. You don't have sleep apnea or whatever insomnia. I figured that would be something. No, I'm bipolar. And I, uh, I'd never heard of being bipolar. Like I'd heard about it from friends. I remember being young. I remember in particular, this, this girl I used to talk to on the phone back in the day when remember when you still had to use house phones. And I remember talking to her and she, and I just hear this screaming and, and like, I'm like, what, what the hell's going on over there? Somebody's getting murdered in your pad or what? Like what's, what's happening over there? And she goes, Oh, don't worry about it. It's my sister. She's bipolar. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Bipolar? What does that mean? And she, and the girl told me at a younger age, she goes, well, she's got anger issues. And I was like, you know, so you're a young kid and you're thinking, oh, bipolar means anger issues. That's, that's interesting, you know, and you kind of dismiss it. It's like when someone says ADHD or ADD, like, oh, that person can't pay attention. So fuck them. That's, that's what that means. You know, you get one singular line that depict, you know, <laughs> oh, he's got a truck. Oh, okay. So he can, He's got big tires and goes in the mud, you know, like that's, it's, it's just so very black and white, I guess. And linear thinking and, or static, static thing. I don't know. It's just very, I just remember that girl saying that and I'll never forget it because that was the first time I'd ever heard of somebody being bipolar. Oh, she has anger issues. Okay. 
So the doctor, she goes, I think you're bipolar. I said, uh, <laughs> I kind of chuckled, like, you know, straight up. And I was like, nah, doc, what are you talking about? Bipolar. We're over here talking about this anxiety and PTSD. And you come out of the fucking woods with this bipolar thing. And I said, there's no way that I'm bipolar. That that doesn't make any sense, does it? And she said to me, she goes, listen. She goes, let's go over in the book. Right? So I'm going to bring this up actually real fast. So she goes, let's bring the, she goes, let's, let's look over these symptoms real fast together in this book. And she has this big giant book and I, it's some sort of, I can't remember what it's called, but it was a book about, you know, mental health issues. And she starts reading the list and here's the list, you know, and this is just an example. This isn't her list, but she goes, let's go over these, these experiences that you have. I said, okay, depression, number one, do you have depression? You know, I said, oh yeah, of course. She goes, elevated mood. I said, well, yeah, everybody gets elevated mood sometimes, right? That's kind of, right? I guess we could all be elevated. She goes, inflated self-esteem. And that one that one touched a little bit of home and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I've had that before. But again, to me, it was like, doesn't everybody have self-esteem? But for me, it was not just self-esteem. I could pick out certain parts of my life where I did something that was kind of goofy that when I think back, I'm like, man, I would never try that again. You know, I would. I would not have done that if I was on a normal day, right? Speaking quickly. Now she's, you know, she's hit on four and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, anybody can speak quickly, right? She just keeps going. Here's the list. Erratic thoughts. Yeah, but they told me I was ADD when I was a kid. My my brothers got ADD meds, you know, they took us to those counselors or shrinks, whatever. And they said, you know, I might have ADD. So, but, but now I'm betting five for five on the bipolar list. I'm like, son of a beach, son of the beach, right? Substance abuse. This one was something <sighs> when I drink the, <sighs> I don't really drink. Because I came up in a certain lifestyle, and this is kind of silly, but I grew up straight edge. I grew up claiming that as my identity, and so I had avoided substances, but but like when I started drinking at an older age, it was ludicrous. Like my buddies would go drinking with me, and they're like, dude, you're fucking psychotic with it. Like if we go drinking, you know, you start with four beers, and they're done in like 10 minutes, and, and it's like it was almost like a train wreck. Like, like, you know, somebody says, Hey, let's go for a jog. And I'm like, yeah, let's jog to Texas. What the fuck are you talking about? That's how my drinking was though. And it was crazy. 
And then I had started smoking marijuana and I was smoking a ton. I mean, it just goes on from there, you know? Let's see another one. Suicidal thoughts. Well, I tried to kill myself, so I guess that was it. Now I was betting for 7 out of 10 right there. Overspending my money, motherfucker. Now she's got me for like 9 out of 10. Now again, to me, these are all common symptoms and different problems that everybody has. Some of you sitting there going, I spend money all the time. Yes, you might. But how many other of these things do you share in success? Like are all these, because I'm eight for eight. Eight for eight. And I was like, motherfucker. Eight for eight, you know. And she just keeps reading them, you know. And then here's one, erratic behavior. Yes. Yes. Oh, erratic behavior. So there I am, nine for nine. Listen to this one. Bipolar suffer bipolar sufferers can also experience an increased sex drive, which when combined with impulsiveness can lead to cheating on partners and promiscuity promiscuity in general. Oh, she got me. She's got me for nine now. Let's check this last one. This is a now this is a random list. Guilt. I mean, we all feel guilt. Everybody's going to feel guilt at one point in their life. But I feel a ton of guilt. Guilt about things that I shouldn't even have felt about, about people in my life when I was growing up that were just abusive and pieces of shit. And I feel guilty because I couldn't handle it. I was 10 years old. I shouldn't have had to have handled it. But to me, you know, it didn't matter because that's who I am. And right there off, that's a random list guys off of the internet. And I hit 10 for 10 and it was fucking scary. So she says I'm bipolar. She says, she says, I think that she goes, and she said this too. And, and, and it, it like almost like. She goes, listen, she goes, I've dealt with a thousand people. She goes all over the world. She goes, but I've only met maybe three people like you. And I, and I, at this point I'm kind of like, no, no, you get, you got it wrong. Like I'm thinking like, and I told her, I said this right to her face. I go, you're blowing smoke in my ass, right? You're fucking with me. Like you. You can't possibly think that. And she says, she says that she goes, I've only met like two other people that were like you. She goes, you come in here some days. She, she's like just in the, in the five weeks or six weeks that we've been having sessions. She goes, you come in here and some days you're through the roof with happiness. Some days you come in and you're so bummed out on yourself and you 
the way you talk, you beat the shit out of yourself. These aren't her words. She's using nicer words, more doctor, doctor type words. But she goes, you come in here and you, and you, she goes, you come in here sometimes and you don't talk at all. She goes, you just sit there and you don't say anything. She goes, and everything you say, you know, when you do talk, when those times, she goes, you're, you're deep in thought about stuff and you're trying to figure things out. And, and it's, she said, it's so, it's very apparent that you, you're having these crazy shifts. And I was blown away. I was blown away. Here was this lady who I thought was going to give me an answer to something else. I thought she was going to tell me, like, no, you you couldn't have PTSD. You're fine. You're just full of anxiety. You know, get some healthy sleep, drink more water, maybe do some more push-ups and sit-ups, and you'll be fine. And no, no, bipolar. So... I went back a couple more times and we kind of discussed it and talked about it. And when I went home, I did tons of research and it, it fit. The list fit, man. Not just a little bit, like insanely fit. I remember growing up and... When you get it, when you're like, when you have those elated, elevated, like high energy, I didn't have anything to do with it. So I remember being the kid who, whenever I'd hang out at my friend's house, I might not go to sleep for two days. Like my friends would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, bro, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't sleep. You got a book I could read or, or something. And I remember just... I just remember that, like, I remember so many times when my friends would be like, man, how are you still awake? How are you not tired? And I, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it. I, I'm not healthier than anybody. I don't work out more than any average person. I mean, I I was a gym rat for a little bit, but I could not explain that. One of my um, one of my close, close friends who I pretty much lived with two of them. Um, one of them still my best friend. Um, and the other was my best friend's girlfriend at the time. And she came to me once and she goes, Hey man, this is when I was like 19 years old, maybe. Yeah. 19, 18, 18 even. And she goes, have you ever seen fight club? <laughs> And I said, no. And this was back in like when I did like to fight and I would get into fights with fucking just anybody and I was ready to fight all the time. And I liked it. I could feel that elated state, like feeling that ecstasy of like just getting my adrenaline going. Excuse me. And she looks at me and she goes, you should watch Fight Club. That's like your life. And I was like... Okay. And I, I'd never seen it before. You know, I'd never, I'd, I remember when it came out, 
but I didn't give much attention to it. All I had remembered was people fighting in random places. And and I only remember because when we were in school, kids started to fight in the bathroom. And it was so silly. But they'd be like, hey, man, we're going to start our own fight club. And I was like, all right. And they'd be like, you want to come? You want to fight? And I'm like, okay. What are we doing? And they'd go, yeah, you haven't seen Fight Club? And I'd be like, no. And they'd say, well, you got to watch it. It's awesome. And, and I never just never thought about it. But I remember all these kids gathering in bathrooms and fighting. And I didn't. I just never, I didn't, there was no reason for me to go see the movie at the time. I didn't care. But, but years later, here's this friend who I was practically living with. Like I was living on her couch, you know, I'd stay at her house every weekend, my best friends, and we'd take my buddy to work. I didn't have a job at the time and he'd go to work and then we'd pick him up and we'd just spend all weekends together. Most of the nights during the week, I didn't have shit to do. I had graduated and I really didn't have much to do. Actually, even when I was in school, I was always with them. And she says, she goes, you need to watch Fight Club. That's pretty much your life. And I was like, okay. And so I watched this fucking movie. And I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't understand what was happening. I remember the end of the movie and just sitting there going, what? What just happened? Like, like I see what's happening, but it, it took me, I understood it, but it took me an extra five minutes. Like right when they show you what's going on, I remember not getting it for a minute. And then all of a sudden, like it, it made sense what was happening in the movie, but it took me an extra three minutes. You know, I felt like everyone got it right here at this point when the climactic, you know, he shows you what's going on. It gives you the answer, the secret, and you figured out who is Tyler Durden. And then then five minutes later, I'm figuring it out. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I, I feel stupid. But but she said, she goes, this is your life. She goes, you, and later on we talked about it. And she goes, you, she's like, you're just, you're crazy. Like you, you go all day. And then all of a sudden you're walking around at nighttime. You're never sleeping. She's like, I wake up in the middle of the night and you're surfing the web or you're reading and, and or you're sitting there staring at the TV and, you know, just staring off in a space or whatever. And, and to me, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty normal for me. I've been hanging out at my friend's houses and, and not sleeping for a long time. I remember parents, man. Some of my friend's parents would just see me and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't really sleep a lot. So here I am wide awake at your house. What's up? My best friend, call him Matthias Page. My best friend growing up here in Cleveland his dad used to game and he used to game. And I remember I would play games with him. I would play games with his dad for a few hours. Then I'd play games with him. And then his dad would go to sleep for like six or seven hours. And then his dad would get up and I'd keep playing with him. And, and like, you know, his dad never really questioned it, but like I would go, you know, 24, 25 hours straight, just fucking banging it out with them. Because I didn't have nothing to do. I was a kid, you know, I wasn't doing anything. And, it was fun to hang out with them both. and But it was funny because they would both sleep in between. And I'd just be sitting there going, 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 going. And it was goofy. And when, when this girl showed me this movie, though, I thought she just meant like I was an insomniac. So like for a few years, I thought that's what it was. I was like, man, I just don't sleep. I have insomnia, you know. <sighs> so that's what I thought that was. But, but here was this doctor. She goes through this long list and she shows me 
that I'm a manic depressive. They used to call it manic depressive, I think. I'm pretty sure. I, I did all this research before, you know. Um, I did all these, all this research before and, you know, they used to call it manic depressive, bipolar disease. They call it a whole bunch of things. You know, they're always renaming stuff. I don't know, to make it cooler. Who knows? But it, it was fucking ludicrous. And to hear... And to hear the this woman just tell me this. And I tried to argue it with her. But everything she said made sense. And when I looked back in my life at my mother, who I firmly 1000% believe is bipolar because she would lose her shit over the weirdest stuff. It would... It would... It just... It all made sense, like everything in my life and how I'd ended up where I was, how I got here, the my indecision, my decisions, my my ability to do this, my ability to do that. It it, it was fucking crazy, man. Like it's crazy how much it matched up and it, it was scary crazy. And so here I was with this new thing that I needed to go study called bipolar disease one of the things is um you could be damaging to careers and she asked me she goes you ever walk off a job and i was like oh man i get mad i walk off a ton of jobs i've i've walked off more i've walked off more jobs than i've quit before and i've had a ton of jobs just work in different places and that was another sign and she she straight asked me she goes you know you walk off job yeah, I don't care. I'll walk away. I don't, I just don't care, you know? And that was it. I've been the bipolar kid since, and I've been trying to figure out which way to go and what to do since. Scary, scary stuff. Anyways, that is, ladies and gentlemen, how I was dubbed bipolar or manic depressive, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm going to zip out, lock this episode up with that. I'm going to finish with that. That is the story of me actually getting diagnosed. So what happened, well, let me knock this out too. What happened with that doctor is I really liked her and I kept going, but eventually I found out my insurance didn't support her, like didn't pay her. So a couple more sessions later and I inevitably had to stop going because I don't have insurance to go to her. I'm hoping to make my way back to her because I really want to talk to her again. So there's that. But since then, I have been on this self journey, the self-awareness journey of just trying to understand, grasp these concepts and learn as much as I can to deal with what I'm dealing with. And if you're just tuning in, guys, that's what this podcast is for. You know, it's a mental type health, funny, funky, whatever. We're going to address more issues. 
I'm going to, I'm trying to get more content out guys. I really am. But again, I just get down sometimes and being back to work full time on a swing shift and changing between night and days is really brutal, but Hey, the positive side, I don't sleep too well a lot. So it works out, right? That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in, checking out the bipolar bits. If you have any questions, anything like that, feel free to email us, chasinaces5 at gmail.com, C-H-A-S-I-N-A-C-E-S, the number five, at gmail.com. We're hoping to get a website up soon. I'm going to keep working with Anchor, keep trying to trying to work with Anchor and continue my path towards this, I don't know, talking about it, being the bipolar, bipolar. That's enough for today. I'm out, guys. Have a good one. Later.